guys. Good to see you guys and glad you've joined us today. Thanks to everyone watching online as well. So thanks for taking time to join us either on Facebook or YouTube or, uh, or on our website at live.mycornerstone.org. We're really glad you've, you've taken time this morning to, to jump in and, and be part of what we're doing here at Cornerstone. Uh, we're in a series called 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting, and this is all about how we can reorganize our lives and kind of get on the right track as we start into a new year. Uh, I don't know about you, but for, for, for me, uh, we need, I just, I need that reminder all the time to, to, to get back and, and do what's important. It's, we don't really get serious about our prayer life by accident. We don't really get serious about seeking God. Just, it doesn't just happen naturally. It takes some intentionality. It takes some effort. It takes time to really focus and zero in on what we should do. We know we should do it, but then sometimes life just gets in the way. We get busy. We get distracted. Um, and then before long, we realize, man, when was, when was the last time I prayed? When was the last time I fasted? And, and so this series has been about how we can use those things to get us back to where we need to be. Uh, I just want to start off this morning by asking you a question. How many people want a better prayer life, right? I, I mean, for me, uh, that's something that we would, I, I hope you would, would be able to say, hey, there's some room for improvement in my life there. I, I think so, again, so many people, it's one of those things we know we should do it, but we don't always do what we think, what we want to. So that's really what we're doing today is getting into this a little bit deeper. We've already talked about spiritual disciplines. That was the first week. We've talked about fasting last week, and I don't know how that's going, um, but hopefully uh, you're learning a little more about what that looks like as you uh, deny yourself something to, to focus on God. Uh, that's a really powerful way to, to hear from God. And then today we're going to jump in and go deeper on prayer. So here's a few things that we've learned so far. We've learned that following Jesus simply means learning from him how to arrange my life around activities that enable me to live in the fruit of the spirit. Uh, and so if you think about that, uh, as we follow Jesus, our goal is to be to have Christ formed in us. It's to be more and more progressively more like Jesus. And the way you can tell the litmus test, right, for our faith is, is, does our life display the fruit of the Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, all those things, right? As you go out that list, does that, is that reflected in the way we live and, and the way we respond to people? Uh, I, I shared this a few weeks ago, that a disciplined person is someone who can do the right thing at the right time and the right way with the right spirit. Now, again, often we may do the right thing, but with the wrong spirit. So this is getting back to as we grow and mature in Christ, it's not a matter of just how much we know. It's how much we reflect Christ and our thoughts, our attitudes, our actions. Now, Dallas Willard said this. He said, we can become like Christ by doing one thing, by following him in the overall style of life that he chose for himself. So th those are all kind of to get us kind of reoriented on what's really important. Now here at Cornerstone, uh, if you're new or don't know 
uh, much about our, our past and our mission, we have a statement that we've shared over and over again through the years. And it, it's kind of our, our, our overall mission statement. And it's that we want people to experience new life in Christ. We want to equip people on how to follow Christ. And then we want to engage our community and world for Christ. And so there's three things there that are important. We want people to, to, to really come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, first and foremost, to experience that new life in Christ. Then we want to equip them. We want to teach and disciple and train them on what it means to follow Jesus uh, in everyday life. How do we do that? And then we want to engage our community and world for Christ. And so when you kind of look at that statement, uh, I, I kind of back up from that a little bit, and I want to talk about our relationship with God, because our relationship with God has three vital components. Uh, and it's these three things. It's up, in, and out. Uh, and I don't know if you've ever heard it described this way, but actually, if you look at our logo, it was intentionally designed, right, when we did this logo, with three arrows, uh, for the experience, the equip, engage, the up, in, and out. And really, those three things co- uh, correspond to each other. When we say we want people to experience new life with Christ, it's all about your relationship with God, the up, the vertical, right? It's a, we want people to have that relationship with God and not just be saved, but actually live a vibrant life with Jesus. So that's your up relationship. The in is living life with other believers, and so that's how we're equipping each other to follow Jesus. We learn from each other. We, we disciple, we grow, we learn, we have life groups. We, we do all of that, right? Our, our, even our Sunday messages like today are to help us learn how to follow Jesus. That's the end. But then there's the third component, the out. Uh, and that's how we interact with the world around us. And that's how we engage our community and our world for Christ. So this really is part of who we are, this rhythm that we need to live. It's a constant rhythm of life where we're spending time with the Father. We do that through prayer, through His Word. And then we spend time with other believers to learn more about following Jesus. And then we put into practice what we've learned in our everyday life, in the world around us, in our workplace, in our schools. Uh, uh, As we go into our community, we take what we've learned, we put it into practice, and we serve God. So there's a rhythm that takes place where we're constantly going up, in, and out. Um, And you think about that, it's so easy to get off balance, to get off kilter, right? uh, For some people, they spend all their time on the up relationship, but they never go out into the world around them. And so they've missed, right, the mission that, that Jesus has given us to go and make disciples of all nations. Some people spend all their time serving, but they don't spend time with the Father, And what that makes is a weak Christian, right? Where uh, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. It becomes about you and about how you can help instead of giving God glory. Or, right, if you just, uh, uh, again, each one of these, if you look at different combinations of these three, for most people, we're kind of weaker in one uh, of the three. So I want to challenge you a little bit. Where do you need to grow? Where do you need to get stronger? Uh, when we look at this, right, um, what, I, what I've seen is that COVID has made it tough to keep, keep this rhythm, especially on the end part, right? Uh, we, we, we've seen how it's affected uh, the life groups. We've seen how it's affected our Sunday morning attendance. And I know that people are watching online. We're thankful for you guys doing that. But it's so tough. You've got to work much harder at being connected to other believers in the time we're in. 
And, and so I, I want to challenge you a little bit, right? Let's find a rhythm. And, and this 21 days of prayer and fasting is all about creating a new rhythm of life, right? That will bring you closer to Jesus. Um, and so really want, what we want to focus on today is this idea of prayer. Because prayer is such a fundamental part of our faith. It really helps shape us in the image of Jesus. It really helps us learn what it means to follow him and to hear from him. And when we look at the disciples, here's what we see. We see a group of guys, right, that were his full-time students. They were living with Jesus. They were traveling with Jesus. Uh, they were eating with Jesus. And they were just picking up, okay, this is what it looks like to be a follower, uh, that word disciple literally means student or follower. And, that, and that's what they were doing. They were disciples. They were students of Jesus. And so they were learning day by day what it meant to follow him. And so they asked Jesus a question. Lord, teach us to pray. There was something about the way Jesus taught and the way he prayed and the way he lived their life that was inviting to them. They saw something that Jesus had that they didn't. And so for all of us, I think that's my hope and that's my prayer. We, we would be able to look and when we read about the life of Jesus in, in his word, that we look at that and we say, that's what we need. That's how we need to live our life. Andrew Murray said this. He said, Jesus never taught his disciples how to preach, only how to pray. Now, that's pretty powerful when you think about it. He didn't say, okay, when you preach, here's what you do. You take a passage of Scripture, you read it, then you explain it. No, what did he say? He said, when you pray, this is how you pray. That's pretty important. If Jesus took time with his disciples to describe it, right, he, to, to explain it, to give them a model of prayer, then that's something we need to take seriously. Um, well, here's, here's the first thing I want you to know this morning. Prayer. It's a two-way conversation with God. That's really what prayer is. If, we, if, you, if you were to ask me, tell me what prayer is, this is the simplest way I can describe it. It's not, it, yes, it's talking to God, but it's also listening to God. So it's a two-way conversation. Um, it's not just meditation. It's not just clearing your mind. In fact, it's active. It's being a participant in this conversation. You're hearing from God. You're speaking to Him, right? Now, I think so many times um, you would ask me, well, do you hear God's voice? And I would say every time I open up the pages of Scripture, I hear His voice because it's God talking to us through His Word. But God also talks to us in many other ways. Mark Batterson says this. He says, we often think of prayer as nothing more than words spoken to God, but maybe it's more than that. Prayer is not a monologue, it's a dialogue. We speak to God with everything from words to groans to thoughts. And God speaks to us through dreams, desires, promptings, impressions, and ideas. So I'll kind of just throw this out there. For me, it's like when I hear God speaking to me, often it's something that's impressed upon my mind and my heart. It's a prompting. It's God saying, okay, it's, you need to do something about fill in the blank, right? He's put something on my heart that wasn't there before. And, and when I pray about it and, and when I listen, I realize that, that it's not coming from me. It's coming from God. 
I believe that's fully God speaking to me. It's not this like big audible voice that says, Mike, this is what you need to do today. Right? I mean, that's what we want sometimes. We want that big booming voice just to say, boom, here. But we've got to be able to listen to those promptings. Uh, we've got to be able to listen to those impressions upon our heart and our mind where God says, you need to do something about whatever it is. You need to reach out to this person. You need to pick up the phone. You need to message. You need to do something. You need to reach out and, and share hope with someone who needs it. When those come to my mind, I've got to realize that that's God speaking. Prayer, what it is, it's our direct line to heaven. Uh, you know, we grew up and, um, you know, I think back as a kid, you, they used to always talk about the president had a direct line to Russia. You remember that? Uh, you know, they, you, you had the phone in the Oval Office that they could just pick up and talk to. You know, you had that, that, commu- that line of communication. We grew up watching Batman. You had the bat phone. You pick it up. And you had, that's what prayer is with God. The God of the universe that created us has given us a, a method. He's given us a way that we can communicate with Him. We've got a, 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 the ability to communicate, and it goes far beyond FaceTime or a cell phone or Zoom, right? We've got the ability to, to just, open. no matter where we're at, no matter what we're doing, we've got the, the ability to open up a line of communication with the God of the universe. That should blow your mind that God cares so much about you that you can talk to Him anytime, anywhere, and He listens. Now, I mean, we can't even comprehend that in our human mind. But that's how big, that's how incredible God is. And so often I feel like we neglect that. Here's also what I want you to know is that if you want to grow closer to somebody, you've got to spend time in conversation with them. All right. If, if you're in a relationship, uh, how do you get to know the other person? You spend time with them. You talk. It's, it's a conversation. It's not all you talking, it's you listening. It's getting to know uh, the other person, what, the, what they're like, their character, their nature, right? How they respond, how they act, and what they think about. It's the same thing with God. If you want to grow closer to God, then you've got to spend time getting to know God. You've got to, get to spend time getting to know what God thinks about and, and what... It, uh, what he likes and what he doesn't like and, and, and his character and, and how he acts. And, and, and we do that through, one, reading his word, but we do that through prayer as well. As he, his, his, his nature, his character is revealed to us. And so we really can't grow until we know someone. And that's why prayer is important. Um, on our website, we've got this statement. And it says, when we open up the Bible... We're inviting the creator of the universe to speak directly to us. It's our connection to his truth, the story of his love for us since the beginning of time. And it's meant to be woven throughout our lives, giving us new wisdom with each season we experience. We hear from his word, but we also hear from his presence. And that's what prayer is. It's hearing from his presence. Uh, Mark Batterson said this, he said, the true purpose of prayer is to get into God's presence so he can outline his agenda for us. How many times do we outline our agenda for God when we pray? God, this is what I want you to do for me. I want you to do this, 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 and this. Amen. (laughs) I mean, that's kind of how, think about that for a minute with me. 
How arrogant is it of us to, 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 to approach the creator of the universe and tell him what to do? Isn't it more important for us to get on, on, on his agenda than to make him do our agenda? And this is what Batterson said. He said, here's my advice. Pray about what to pray about. God will reveal a promise, a problem, or a person. And then circle whatever God has prompted you to pray for with the same kind of consistency with which, for which the, the earth circles the sun. And, and so when God reveals something to you, when God puts an impression on your heart, when God prompts you to do something... We don't just say, oh, that's cool and move on. No, we are consistent to, to continue pressing after it. And, and so I, I share that, right? This is so important that we learn to find this rhythm where we're constantly hearing from God and putting it into practice in our life. We hear from God and then we do something about it. Where there's a disconnect in our growth is when we hear from God and say, oh, that was good. I'll just file it up in, in my brain and, and, and we don't do anything about it. We don't put it into practice. Now, you've heard me say before that most people are educated far beyond their, their, their level of obedience. Most of us have more knowledge about Scripture than what we actually put into practice. And so what we've got to get better at is learning, right, learning and then doing something about it, obeying. Uh, so uh, when we look at, at this, uh, look at the disciples, they were with Jesus and they were they were just wondering or they, they wanted to be more like more like their master. They wanted to learn how to pray and they just simply asked him, teach us how to pray. And, and so here's what I, what I would tell you about when Jesus give, gave them a model, he gave them a model of prayer that was simple, but it was not shallow. It was simple, but it was not shallow. That's the model of prayer that Jesus gives us. It's a simple model, but it's really so deep. It's so powerful. And we find this in the Sermon on the Mount, Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6. The Sermon on the Mount is the longest extended teaching of Jesus we have in Scripture. It's where He confronts many popular beliefs and kind of turns them upside down. Uh, Jesus is, is telling them uh, just being religious is not good enough. That's not what gets you into heaven. In fact, there's something more important. And, and, and we'll pick it up in Matthew 6, verse 5. And he's describing, he talks about prayer. He talks about fasting. He, uh, he talks about just how we live our life, how we give. All these things, we do them not to make ourselves look good, but we do them to draw us closer to God. And this is what he says. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't heap up empty phrases like the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you even ask him. So I, I don't know if, if you, um, I had a friend tell me one time, he said, man, you're always the DRP. And I'm like, what's that? He's like, you're the designated religious person at any event you go to. Do y'all have that problem? Like any family functions or gatherings, they like someone needs to pray. Like, oh, you're the you're the DRP. You're the designated religious person. 
And so you're the one that has to pray. And so uh, I've got, you know, and so uh, there, there, there are times, right? And I'm like, man, they're going to, I've leaned over to Jennifer and like, they're going to ask me to pray. And she's like, no, they won't. And I'm like, Mike, will you pray for us? And I'm like, sure. Uh, that's just kind of like, and you got, and, and there's something about praying in public, right? And, and this verse, man, I mean, it's convicting because it's not about having the elaborate words or the elaborate phrases or making yourself look good when you pray. And I'm not like saying prayer in public is not a bad thing, but we've got to be careful to not make it about us. We've got to be careful to point people to Jesus. We've got to, be, we've got to get out of the way. So when I pray, I want people just to hear a conversation between me and God. I want to invite them into the I'm not praying to impress them. I'm praying to my Father. I'm, I'm praying, it's just a conversation and that I'm letting them be part of. And so when we look at this, I mean, that's the, the prayer life that Jesus is inviting us into. And so then he kind of goes on and he says, pray like this. I mean, how clear can you get? He's like, OK, when you pray, here is your model. And, and I, I'm telling you right now, I don't believe that this is a prayer that we are to repeat word for word. And that's the only way we pray it. No, I, I'm going to take you deeper today. I'm going to use this as a framework, right? As a, as a way we can draw, draw closer to God in every and any situation we're in. Uh, but let's kind of read it. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then in some other manuscripts it says, right, for, for thine is the power and the kingdom and the glory forever. Amen. Right? So that's kind of the, the, the ending that we're familiar with. Uh, I don't know about you. I don't know when you've learned this. I, I think most of us have been exposed to this. For me, uh, honestly, the first time I really memorized and learned this was playing sports because the teams always prayed it before games. I don't know if you guys still do that today in high schools or if you can do that. Uh, we would actually pray with our coaches. Uh, that, that's probably a no-no now with the, the, the regulations and all the crazy stuff now. But we would actually pray with our coaches before games. And, and, and that was just part of I'm like, oh, that's the Lord's Prayer. Okay, that's how I learned it. Uh, it's interesting, um, but when I learned it, I didn't realize, right, that there's more to it than just repeating uh, this word, just memorizing the phrase, just memorizing uh, the lines of it. No, there's more to it than that. And that's why I want to kind of take you a little deeper today. Uh, there's a guy named Mike Breen, uh, who I've read several of his books. He wrote a book called Building a Discipleship Culture. He uses shapes often to describe biblical principles just as a way uh, he talks about how he was kind of a, a you know, it was just a, if you ever have struggled with reading and, and comprehending, sometimes shapes help you uh, to, to, uh, to understand. So he put this Lord's Prayer, there's six principal parts of it. So he made a hexagon out of it and kind of uses that to teach people about the Lord's Prayer. And so I kind of want to walk you through uh, what he taught and, and kind of explain it. There's six kind of uh, primary er areas of focused prayer that I want to talk about. The first is the Father's character. The Father's character. Uh, and so uh, let me kind of explain this. He said, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. What are, what are we doing here? What are we do We're getting introduced to the character of God. 
Um, you think about Jesus when he prayed this, he would have prayed this. It's, we have it written in Greek, but the spoken word was Aramaic. And the word for, for, daddy, for, word for father would have been daddy, right? Uh, it would have been that, that Abba, uh, the, the Abba father, the, the daddy, the personal term uh, that we see used in Scripture. And, and so what we're doing here, we're seeing that God is personal. That, that we are a child of God. That God cares so much about us that we have been adopted into His family. That's part of God's character and His nature. His love and His acceptance of us. Um, and so we see that. But then we get to the second part, that hallowed be your name. That's also, uh, although He is our daddy, we also respect Him. There's a term, you know, a hallowed means... Uh, uh, honored as holy and respected, that we're in awe of, of who God is. So this, we, we start off a prayer, right? Acknowledging the character of God. Acknowledging who God is. Acknowledging His love for us and our position in His family, but also honoring Him and respecting Him for who He is. And we can call God our Father because He is, but we remind ourselves uh, how much He cares about us, but also that He is also, right, He's also the God of the universe. So that's the first part of this, the Father's character. The second part of this is the Father's kingdom. The Father's kingdom. Uh, it says here, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we first learned about His character, now we're learning about His kingdom. And since we've been adopted into the family of God, we have every right to be talking to Him. But we also remember that He's not just our daddy, but He's our king. He's our ruler. He's our Lord, right? I feel like so many times people view Jesus and they want Jesus to be their Savior, but they don't really want Him to be their Lord. And, and this is a reminder that He is our Lord, that He is the King of kings. And so when we surrender to God as Savior of our life, right, we recognize Him as Lord, but then we join in His kingdom purpose. We join in and we want to see God's kingdom be established here on earth. It's going to be for all of eternity, but we're part of that now, doing what the king wants, living under the rule of the king, right? That's his, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what we're in essence saying is we want our desires to be the same as God's desires. We want to see uh, God's rule come to, to this earth and we want to see justice and peace and love. Uh, we want to see the gospel break through. We want to see lives changed by the power of, of the word. And, and so what we're doing then, we're aligning ourselves uh, as citizens of a kingdom. Instead of living our own life, now we're saying, okay, your kingdom come. It's us getting out of the way and saying, we're going to follow you. That's what the second part of the prayer is about. The third part of the prayer is the Father's provision. The Father's provision. Give us this day our daily bread. So what we're asking for here is not just food. right? It's, it's, it's saying, God, we're weak. We need you. It's acknowledging our need for God. It's acknowledging that God is God and we're not. Um, and so we have spiritual needs. We have emotional needs. We have physical needs. It's asking God to break through in all of those areas in our life and give us what we need. Not just what we want. 
Now, I'm a big proponent. I'm a big, you know, I look at this whole name it and claim it philosophy and theology that's out there, and it's just not biblical, right? Now, I would love to have a Tesla or, you know, a fancy car. But if I pray, God, this is what I need, how selfish is that, right? That's not lining myself up with the desires of God. But they say, God will give you the desires of your heart, not when they're selfish, not when they're all about you. Now, and so we've got to align ourselves. And as we grow closer to God, our desires, you know, his desires become our desires. That's part of Christian maturity. As we grow closer to him, our, his desires just become our desires. We want what God wants for us. And so uh, this is not like give us this day our daily bread. It's not like name it and claim it. Give me what I want. No, it's about what do we really need? It's about lining up my desires with his desires. It's remembering that he is our provider. It's us surrendering control to him. And instead of trying to live our own life and control our own destiny, it's saying, okay, God, you just reveal it to me and you give me what I need and I'm going to trust you. That's God's provision, the Father's provision. Here's the next one. Uh, The fourth one is the Father's forgiveness. As we keep going through the prayer, forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now, Growing up, you may have learned this. I've heard it said, uh, forgive us of our debts, forgive us of our sins, and forgive us of our trespasses. Right? Have you all heard all the different versions? Um, the, literal, the literal word in the Greek is debts. Um, uh, it was changed in the way we repeat it because if we skip down a little bit to the verse 14 and 15, it says this. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Uh, so what, when we've learned it that way, we've learned it as trespasses, uh, it's just reinforcing that this is not a monetary debt that we're talking about. This is a sin debt, right? This is the, the, the separation that we have from others and from God because of our sin, because of our trespass against them. Uh, we've taken something that wasn't ours. We've done something that we shouldn't have done. And, and there's been a trespass there. And, uh, and so that's why we, we've learned it that way. And so what we have done, in essence, when we do that, what we're telling God, what you have provided me is not enough. That's what a trespass is, right? It's saying, God, you have given me this. You have given me everything I need, but yet it wasn't enough. So I'm going to take things into my own hands. I'm going to take something that's not mine. I'm going to do something that's outside of your will. Why? Because I want to control my own life, my own destiny. And so when we do that, what we've got to do is is ask for forgiveness. We've got to come back. We've got to recenter ourselves on God and His purpose for our life. And we do that by asking, by, by through prayer and through forgiveness. 1 John 1, 9, If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that's the promise we have from His Word. So we, we're aware that God has a path for us. As soon as we get off that path, what do we do? We forgive, we, we, we ask for forgiveness, we confess it, right? And we repent, we turn back to God. That's the rhythm that we get into. And this prayer reminds us that, that part of our relationship with God is, is, is asking for forgiveness so we can be restored to God and we can be restored to the other people around us. 
Um, and so that's the, the, the fourth part. The fifth part is the Father's guidance. The Father's guidance. And do not lead us into temptation. Don't lead us into temptation. What are we saying there? We're saying God, if God is leading us, then God is guiding us. And we're saying there is a path He has chosen for us. And then there's a path that we often take. So what we're praying for literally is God continue to guide me in the right direction. Right? Uh, to continue uh, to guide me in the right direction. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. Right? If you remember, if you learned that verse or heard that verse, uh, that's what this is about. It's like, okay, God, continue to direct my path. God, I'm going to acknowledge you. Lead me, lead me not to my own understanding, but let me follow you. And you're going to make my path straight. You're going, to, you're going to lead me where I need to go. That's the Father's guidance. There's a lot of temptation there. There's a lot of people trying to get you off the, the path. And so this is pulling us back into to being, uh, to, to following the path that God has prepared for us. So that's the fifth thing. Then the, sec, the sixth thing is the Father's protection. The sixth thing, the Father's protection, deliver us from the evil one. Now, this is just realizing that we are in a battle. In life, everything we do, there is a battle. Uh, we're in a full-blown battle uh, that Satan wants to steal, to kill, and destroy everything of significance in your life. But Jesus has come so that we may have an abundant life. That's John 10.10. 10. And so uh, this is just reminding us that we're in a battle. Satan is constantly, he, he's, he, he's walking about like a roaring lion, right? Waiting to pounce and devour you. And so we're being reminded that we've got to be on guard. We've got to, to realize that Satan wants nothing more than to, to, he's got a big target on each and every one of our backs. If you are a believer, Satan wants to see you fail. He wants to see your marriage destroyed. He wants to see your kids make the wrong decision. He wants to see you give in to wrong choices. He wants to see that addiction win in your life. No, what, whatever it is, that's what Satan wants. And so we need protection from that. We need to be praying constantly, God, protect me. Protect my family. God, help, help me make the right choice. Help me not to listen to the wrong voices in life. God, we need your protection. Right? And so these are six things. Uh, these are six things that we really need to keep going back to. The Father's character, the Father's kingdom, the Father's provision, the Father's forgiveness, the Father's guidance, the Father's uh, protection. All of these six things. Um, and, and so again, I, I said this is, this is a simple prayer, but it's not shallow. There's a lot in here. And so there's lots of ways you can use this in your prayer life. You could say one day, okay, um, tomorrow I'm going to pray about the Father's character. I'm just going to focus on who God is, on what He's done, and, and it just His majesty. His, it, we just focus on that. Then tomorrow, the next day I'm going to focus on His kingdom, on His kingdom coming and His will being done in my life and in this community, in this church. Uh, then we could take the next day and follow, pray about the Father's provision and the next day about the Father's forgiveness and the next day about His guidance and the next day about His protection. So you can pray that way. Or you could just take any, anything that's burning on your heart that you want to take to God and you can use this as your prayer model. 
Uh, so, for instance, right, you have a huge decision that you have to make. You're trying to decide, do I take a new job or do I stay where I'm at? I mean, you could take anything and just say, okay, let's kind of work it around this model of prayer. And God, I know who you are. You're my father. You love me. You've, you, you have saved me. You have set me free. You love me so much that you have prepared a plan for me. Ephesians 2.10 says that I'm, you know, your workmanship, your prized possession, and you've created a plan for me that you've drawn it out long before I was even born, right? And, and so what have, we, what have we just done? We've done the Father's character. Then we move into the Father's kingdom. God, I know because your plan for me, you have a, a, you've laid it out. I, I want I want to be, uh, be obedient to that. I want to be part of your kingdom. Help me look for ways that I can share your love in this community. Help me look for ways that you can, that I can move forward with your mission in my life and, and help me submit to your rule in my life. Help me to, to clear all the my own desires out of my mind so that I can fully focus on what you want me to do. What did we just do? We prayed the second part, your, your father's kingdom. The Father's provision. God, you have been so faithful in giving me what I need. So help me not to make this decision based on what I want, but on what I really need. Lord, I need your guidance in this. I need your strength to do the right thing. I need your courage to not be afraid to take a risk if you've called me to move out of my comfort zone. What are we doing? We're praying for the Father's provision. You see how this works? I just keep going. The Father's forgiveness. God, um, I know that I've made, I've done some wrong things. I know that I keep doing this over and over again. Forgive me. Help me draw closer to you so that I can hear from you. And help me in this decision to do something that draws me closer to other people instead of pushing me farther apart. And if I've done anything to hurt feelings or cause problems, Lord, forgive me and help give me the words to say to make it right. With Father's forgiveness and the Father's guidance. God, just lead me. Guide me. I know you have a, a purpose for my life. I know you have a plan for me. Help me to make the wise decision. Help me to focus on what you want for me. Help me uh, just guide my next step. I don't have to know every step. I just need to know my next step. And as you give me the next step, give me the strength to be obedient to do it. That, that's the Father's guidance. And then the Father's protection. And Lord... Uh, in this crazy season of life we're in with all the stuff going on, uh, Lord, protect me and keep me safe physically, mentally, emotionally, you know, all those ways in my life. Lord, just help me uh, to, to be able to, to make this decision in a way that honors you, that brings glory to you. That's not about me, but just keep me safe in this process. Keep me in the center of your will. What did I just do? I just... You can do that with any, you just use that prayer, right? And what, what that does, is it keeps our prayers from me. God, I want this, this, and this, and this. God, give me this. God, give me this. God, give me this. No. What are we doing? We're taking the focus off of ourselves. We're putting it back on God where it belongs. That's the beauty of the Lord's Prayer. That's the beauty of it. It just helps us to see God. And so I love that. And what really what prayer is, I'll kind of close with this. Prayer is simply the invitation to allow God into our circumstances. It's inviting God in, in the midst of our life. It's inviting God in the midst of our circumstances and saying, God, OK, this is all going on. I'm not going to handle this on my own. I need you. Philippians 4 says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, right? 
with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So we worry about nothing. We pray about everything. Mark Batterson said this. He said, God won't answer 100% of the prayers we don't pray. Ever thought about that? He won't answer 100% of the prayers that we don't pray. And sometimes our prayers change our circumstances. Sometimes our circumstances don't change and our prayers uh, are just are an indication that God wants to change us. Now, no matter what situation we're in, but when we spend time with God in prayer, in relationship, what we hear from Him, we, we, give, we get the guidance that we need to, to make good decisions, to grow closer to Him. I want to pray for you guys that God would use you in a mighty way. That God would use this time uh, at the beginning of the year to, to, to get your life back in rhythm. If you've been out of a rhythm for a long time now, that this is the perfect time to get your life back in rhythm. The up, the in, the out. Where you're just serving Him. Where He is the center of everything. That's uh, it, so important us, that God would just wake us up to do that. Prayer is the difference between seeing with our physical eyes and seeing with our spiritual eyes. And we need spiritual eyes to see the need around us so that we can pray without ceasing. I'm going to pray and then the, uh, the, the team's going to come back up. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. I'm thankful that you've given us a model to pray. You've given us uh, just your words to help give us uh, wisdom on how we can pray and what we should say and how we should say it. That it's not just something, it's not just a ritual. That we just repeat without thinking. No, this is, this is a, a model for us to grow closer to you in relationship. It's a conversation. Lord, help us to hear from you and then respond obediently. Help us to trust you that when you do tell us to do something, when you do put an impression upon our heart or you prompt us, that when we compare it to your word and we see it line up and we see it validated by other believers around us and we see everything come together, that we would say, oh God, we have no doubt that you're speaking to us and I'm not just going to listen, I'm going to do something about it. My life is going to change as a result. Heavenly Father, just help give us that courage to live differently from this world. Help us to get a rhythm where we're constantly seeking time with you. We're being strengthened by other believers. And then we're going out in this world to share the hope that we have in Jesus. Lord, we just need you. We need your strength. We need your peace. We need your power. And finally, if anyone's listening online, in person, if anyone's listening and they don't know you as their Lord and Savior, right now, wherever they are, this could be a life-changing moment when they put their faith, their trust in Jesus. When He truly becomes the Lord, the Master, the King of their life. When we confess our sin, Lord, You forgive us. You hear us. You save us. Help us trust You. Help us just to trust You to lead us, to guide us, to give us our next step. Lord, we just thank You this morning. We're thankful for your word that just continues to challenge us. Lord, we just honor you right now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.